0: Welcome to Fierce Fit Feminine and Other F-Words, a place where women in business come to learn more about health, beauty, body language, and communication. I'm Christine Brunelli, chiropractor and former beauty salon owner turned certified image consultant, helping you glow from the inside out. Today, we're going to hit one of the F-words, and that's your fitness, but we're going to talk about it through the lens of BMI. Is BMI accurate? Do we really care about BMI? How does BMI play into your overall fitness picture? Oh my gosh, I have so much to say about this. Are you ready? Let's dive in. If you don't know what BMI is, maybe your country doesn't use it like the United States uses it. It's Body Mass Index. And the United States government still uses this indicator as a picture for someone's overall health. And they use it as a measure of over being overweight or obese. And it's calculated with your height and weight. And it's supposed to be an estimate of your body fat and a good gauge of your risk for diseases like heart disease and diabetes. And the higher the number in the BMI, the higher your risk for certain diseases. So, that's what they use as the predictor. Insurance companies even use BMI, life insurance companies, some health insurance companies. And I'm here to tell you that if you have ever calculated your BMI and you got the number that put you in the obese category and you felt awful and horrible about yourself as a person, I'm here to tell you not to do that anymore. This number is an outdated tool. It should not be used. There are people all over medical journals, all over the world that say BMI is a useless indicator of health. Even the creator who invented BMI in the 19th century, he was a Belgian mathematician, not even a physician, came out and said, this is not an accurate indicator of health. He was asked to come up with some type of formula to help the government assess the obesity Uh, obesity rate in the population. So they knew how to allocate resources in the 19th century. So here the USA adopts this indicator and insurance companies use this indicator. And if you fall on a certain level of BMI, your insurance rates are higher. It is bunk and it needs to stop. And I wish that we all had the power to lobby the government to get rid of it, but it's here. So How do we know that BMI is snake oil? It's not good. It's not authentic. It's not the real picture of your health. Let me give you an example personal from my life. If you've listened to this show for any length of time, you know that I've done extensive work with body image, body dysmorphia, and eating disorders because my daughter had anorexia in high school. Actually... I don't know if they ever really recover because that's a really tough thing. You, you always deal with the words in your head when you suffer with anorexia and the struggles. But when she was at her thinnest, she used BMI. And when I say at her thinnest, we're talking skeletal. We're talking liver and kidney malfunction at her thinnest. Her BMI was normal. And she used it as a weapon for me and her father. She would say, see, I don't need to eat. My BMI is within normal range. But that girl was not healthy. Now let's take it the other way. Let's take it with somebody like my son, who is a bodybuilder. He's in the gym lifting incredibly heavy weight. He's 26 years old. He's training for a a bodybuilding competition. He can lift in such heavy weights. It boggles my mind. He doesn't have a whole lot of fat on him. He has muscle. What weighs more? Muscle or fat? You already know muscle does. His BMI is high. His BMI puts him in a category that says he's at risk for all of these diseases that he's not at risk for. (laughs) So let BMI go as hard as it might be because we've been ingrained to go, I'm going to do this little calculation to figure out my BMI. It's not helping you. It's not, all it does is make us feel bad about ourselves or like in my daughter's case, validate someone who isn't healthy, who thinks that she is. So what can we do? What helps us know if we're on the right path to health? Well, we do have some people in the British Medical Journal and other medical journals who say your waist circumference is a better indicator of your health. And this is something that we know for a fact If our waist is a certain size, based on some studies in these medical journals, we are headed toward a cardiovascular event, a cardiac event, or we're at risk for diabetes. And the reason is that is a more accurate measurement of obesity and fat storage. BMI can't talk about or target, like, where is the fat or where is the weight coming from? Because really, it's not muscle that's the problem. It's the fat that's the problem and the fat, the extra fat that we're carrying that we don't need. We do need fat in our body. If your body fat gets so low, like my daughter, certain systems shut down. You have to have a certain amount of body fat. But if we have way too much, and my girl, you know what I'm talking about you know, like the muffin top over the jeans, you know, when you're carrying extra weight, I don't need to go into what is overweight and what isn't. You know, you know, if there's a point in your body where your joints start to hurt because you're carrying more weight and your knees start to hurt, your body's holding up a little bit more weight. And when you shed some of that weight, you start to feel better and you have less joint pain. Even during pregnancy if you've had a baby, you notice that carrying the extra weight puts pressure on your lumbar spine because of that weight on your belly, right? What about breathing and lung capacity? When we have extra weight, especially in our girth area, we get shortness of breath because we're we're making a bigger body move and our heart and lungs have to work harder to help it do that. Your clothes change, right? Like you, I don't have to explain it, you know. Your waist gets bigger. Because of fat, not because of muscle. That is why it's a better indicator for your health. That's why it tells you if you are at risk of heart disease or diabetes or some of these other syndromes that happen as you age, but this can happen at any age. So this whole body positive movement that's in the world that said, well, I have my blood panels done and I'm a picture of health, but she is not a picture of health. She is a picture of obesity in any general sense of the term. She's obese. And I can almost promise you that if I took her into my chiropractic office and we shot x-rays of her full spine and her lower extremities, we would see evidence of the body having to lay down extra bone, which turns into arthritis because they're carrying extra weight. That is a problem with obesity. That's one extreme. My daughter, she looked thin and according to the world, oh, she was the picture of beauty. She got compliments all the time. They had no idea her organs were shutting down. That is not healthy either. What we're striving for is middle ground, healthy balance. And instead of going for an aesthetic or a look, as much as I know this is something that you strive for because my girl... I did that. I went from size six to size zero, got into my high school jeans, right? It's a story I've told so many times. I went through that because I thought, you know, I was going to feel better about myself if I lost more weight, especially if I was coaching and health and wellness coaching. And I wanted to be like the leading example. You know what? It didn't change my body confidence. I'm here to tell you, do it for your health. Let the indicators scare you enough to be healthy so that you are not at risk for diabetes. You're not at risk for cardiac events. All of those things. Let it be about your energy and how you feel more than about how you look. (laughs) And I'm a certified image consultant who's all about helping you look fabulous. But that's looking fabulous in the body you are in right now. Speaking of image consulting, I have something I want to tell you, and I'm bursting with excitement to share it because I was not going to do this, but some of my newsletter subscribers replied back to me when I was talking about camera confidence because that's what I have been teaching female entrepreneurs and women in business who want to increase their online visibility to build their business. I teach camera confidence, and I help them look fabulous on camera while they do it. And some people got back to me and said, Christine, I want that head-to-toe transformation, I don't care about the camera part. Can you do it? And I sat with it for like a day and I said, yes, I can, because I did this for years. So I have rebranded an older program to add in my image consulting so that you are more healthy and fit. You feel more beautiful, styled, vibrant, radiant. You will lose weight if that's what you want. But the biggest thing is you are going to look and feel fabulous. And I am looking for 10 women who to be legacy clients. A legacy client is someone that is helping me. You're the founding member of my new rebranded program. You are going to get it at a 50% discount of enrollment with the understanding that you'll give me feedback in different parts of the program so that I can help shape it and make it absolutely amazing for people in the future. Now, the legacy clients get an option of a three-month or a six-month program. Regular clients after that are only going to get a six-month program because then I'll be able to style you through two seasons like summer and fall or you know something like that fall into spring so that we can work on different clothing and dressing for your body types. And the most important, I can help ensure that your healthy habits stick because how many times have you started a program and you drop off? If you've been wanting to feel better in your body, get back to the old you, the energy you used to have, feel more youthful, look radiant, then you, my girl, have manifested this program because I've been thinking about you as I've rebranded it. Go to the show notes right now and tap the link. You'll see it there. It is for Shine. That's what it says. Tap the link. That will indicate to me you're interested. You just want more information. And then we'll have a conversation to find out what your specific goals are. And I want you to know this is tailored to you specifically. It's not cookie cutter. You get me daily, Monday through Friday, with voice access, voice messaging, with a weekly call. We are going to strategize, lay out a plan. You, my girl, can be a size smaller by June if that's something you need to do for your health. We can do it. And the program begins in April. This offer is only available until Good Friday, 2023. That's Friday, April 7th, because we start on Monday, April 10th. Go to that link right now if you're ready to look and feel radiant. So researchers and scientists agree that the waist circumference is a better indicator of someone's health and health risk than that BMI stuff. So let me talk to you about what they are finding, what they are suggesting, I should say. What they're really suggesting is it's not just the measurement of your waist because that is where fat accumulates, right? When we gain weight, we gain it everywhere. But when our waist gets bigger and there's a lot of belly fat, that is a a sign, an indicator, you are destined for some type of health issue. It's coming. You might not have it right now, but it's coming. But now what they're saying is it's even better if we use a waist to height ratio. And what the researchers and scientists are suggesting is that the waist circumference or measurement should be half of your height. So take your height. I am in the United States. I don't use the metric system. I apologize for all of you who do. So the average American woman is five foot four, five feet, four inches tall, which comes out to be 64 inches. Divide 64 by two, the biggest her waistline should be is 32 inches because that's half of 64. And what they've done is they've studied people using that indicator and looked at their health patterns and their health history and found that waistlines and circumferences that stayed 50% or less, now not too thin, right? We're not gonna go where my daughter was. I'm not talking about extremes, but 50% of your height or less in your waist circumference, That's a better health indicator. You are giving your body a fair shot at being the healthiest it can be because where does fat accumulate? It accumulates everywhere, but the waste is, that fat is doing you nothing. It's doing you no good. Nobody wants it. We don't want fat around our waist. Women don't want puffy bellies, you know, all of that stuff. So that's what we're going to do. So how do we reduce our waistline? That's the big question, right? Well, let's talk about that. I'm going to go for the obvious ones first because you already know it's coming. Sugar. Sugar is not helping your waistline stay smaller. So I'm not suggesting that you go sugar-free. I'm not suggesting that this whole topic is a replacement for meeting with your physician. Okay, so don't take this as medical advice, but these are things that will work to help bring your waistline down to a more reasonable size. Watch your sugar intake and sugar doesn't just say sugar on the labels. You know this. I don't need to tell you that high fructose corn syrup is a sugar or do I? High fructose corn syrup or any corn syrup or brown rice syrup or any of those things are all sweeteners that are broken down as sugar in the body and usually that turns into fat and stored as fat. So reduce sugar, reduce alcohol. Alcohol is full of sugars that your body can't use. It gets stored as fat. So reduce your alcohol. This is one that might surprise you. You may not know. If you're not getting good sleep, you accumulate belly fat and increased waist size. There is a connection between sleep and cortisol. Cortisol is what, especially in women, it's a stress hormone. And when our cortisol elevates all kinds of things, it needs to be there. But if it's there for a chronic amount of time, a long amount of time, that's when we see weight gain. And if we're not getting good sleep, for some reason, cortisol is indicated in that. And if you get seven to nine hours of sleep, that lowers your cortisol levels and helps you lose weight. Drinking water. These are all things you know. Am I wrong? (laughs) You should be drinking water. I would say 64 ounces easy a day, more if you can. I go for 120, but you should definitely be getting hydrated. A A lot of people think that if they drink water, they'll have water weight. That's absolutely not true. Your body will flush out the water it doesn't need. You need to exercise. My girl, how many times have you started some type of movement program and you quit? Maybe it's just that you didn't find what you love doing. Find something you love. It doesn't have to be strenuous. It doesn't have to make you feel like you just, you know, did like an army boot camp for the military services. You don't have to go that hard, but you have to do something specifically targeting your cardiovascular system and make yourself get stronger, which takes me into not just cardio exercise, but strength training. It doesn't have to be in a gym. You can do body weight exercises at least twice a week. All of these things will reduce your waist circumference, all of them. Now, also, we're going to talk about food because there are foods you can eat that are going to help you not eat the foods that don't help you. Does that make sense? There are foods that make you feel more full so that if you do want something that's sugary, that's a treat, By all means, indulge, but you would probably have less of a sugary treat if you're eating more healthy, balanced foods. Healthy, balanced foods are good proteins and healthy fats. Healthy fats are avocados, fat from nuts, seeds, things like that. And I know you've heard this before. I'm not telling you something you don't know, but... Have you implemented it and have you stuck to it? Because when you do and you start to feel momentum, it feels so good to button your jeans without having to suck in. Does anybody remember how that feels? Pre-pandemic maybe? (laughs) I know. I've been there with you. I am right there with you. And I have done all the things to shrink my waistline to a healthier size because in the pandemic, I was just like everyone else. I was still exercising, but I wasn't at the levels I previously was pre-pandemic. I had to work hard to get the pre that pandemic lockdown weight off. It was extra weight my body didn't need. And I noticed my waistline expanding and my jeans were too tight to button. And I'm too stubborn to buy bigger jeans when I know I'm at a healthy place in my weight. So I would rather exercise, cut back sugar, watch my diet and my nourishment. Now there's one more thing I want to talk about that is really getting popular in the US. And that is the injections that were meant for diabetics to help with our insulin, but people are using it for weight loss. It's really hot right now. We're seeing it all over. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's a subcutaneous injection that helps you feel full so that you eat less. It's, the technical name is semaglutide, but the names that you hear advertised all over are Wegovy, W-E-G-O-V-Y, and Ozempic. And there are things that you can look on social media. They are starting to look at people on social media that had extreme weight loss and say she has Ozempic face because they lose weight so fast on these products that their face loses fat and they get kind of saggy under the cheekbones. And, you know, if somebody looks gaunt, a little unhealthy in their face, it's because they had rapid weight loss. These products, are people ask me about them all the time. Like, how do I get it? And whatever. And there are doctors that are doing it. They're they're prescribing it for weight loss, not for diabetics. It's not meant for weight loss, but they're using it for weight loss. And when you read the long-term, and they don't have super long-term studies, so I always question this, quick win. I always question it. I personally am not a fan of anything quick win with weight loss unless your weight is at a point that your life is at risk. If, if we're talking, you know, you need, to, you need to lose over 100 pounds or more than that, then you need something to help get you started because your your heart is just tired. It can't do it. Then you need to talk to your physician. But if we're talking 30 pounds or less, these injections that they're doing work. You're going to lose weight on them. But guess what? As soon as you stop the injections, the weight comes back. It's temporary. It's the same thing as if you try keto, right? And you do really great and you get your body into a state of ketosis. But what happens when you start reintroducing carbs to your diet? The weight comes back. There is something about common sense nutrition and nourishment that is sustainable long-term you don't put your health at risk. You don't put your body at risk. It is better for your health in the long run if you are not someone in the obese category that your life is threatened because of your weight. So before you run out and try these products, I want you to really think about thyroid cancer because that's one of the first things that comes up as a side effect of these inject subcutaneous injectables. You're messing with the metabolic system of the body. You're messing with your metabolism and you can do it naturally with food and exercise and no side effects except getting healthier. So I know someone would probably email and ask me about that and I wanted to address it before I ended this show. If your life is at risk because of obesity and you need help losing weight, you need to seek a physician to help you with that, not a podcast. But if you're at the average American or Canadian woman who wants to lose 30 pounds or less, I say it's the lazy way out if you want to do these injections. Sorry, not sorry. And as soon as you stop the injections, you're going to gain the weight back. So why not try something a little more sustainable and better for you? You are going to feel so good. All right, my friend, that is it for today. I hope you enjoyed this. Don't worry about the scale. Don't worry about BMI. Take that waist measurement. And if that's too big, if you're feeling too big in your body and you feel like you need to lose some weight, let's work on inches. Let's work on taking all of those things I talked about to reduce waistline and go for it that way. And you're on your way to better health. I'll see you next week. Same time, same place. Bye for now. If you want to be a legacy client in my new program, go to that link in the show notes right now. All it will do is send me an email saying you want more information and we will email back and forth and see if this program is a good fit for you. I would love to partner with you and help you look and feel more radiant. If you're not subscribed, don't forget to hit subscribe so that you get notified the next time a new episode is released. And until then, have a fierce, fit, feminine, and fabulous day.